Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away all right we are back with dustin and martin what is up my dudes what's going on how are you good man hey you inspired me this week there uh, dustin what's yeah, that you had some uh gosh i don't know what it was but you're working out and you did some snowy filter or something and i'm like yeah and he's in North Carolina. It's not that damn cold out there. Then, it was uh, snowing, though. I was looking at snow. Oh, I had really? my garage door open, and I was looking at the snow, yeah. Oh, wow. So that inspired me. I had a couple workouts in my garage this uh, week, so I did legs. Except nice. it was like 13 degrees here, so. It wasn't that cold. I'm not that cool. I just churched it up. Oh, man. Yeah, I looked like a an abominable snowman. It was pretty cold, though. Yeah, it was, it was a real cool view. The snow was coming down, so I had to kick the door open. Because it's just, like, fresh and clean and, like, filtered air, man, when it's snowing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was not. Yeah, yeah, I like that when you're. I like when you're in the middle of one of those outdoor workouts and you can just see shit rolling off you and you fucking yeah. like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> steam just coming off. It makes, there's, like, nothing more manly than just steam coming off of yourself. Yeah. Right? Just imagine yourself as the Viking coming off the ship, getting ready to yeah. pillage the village. 
and then your mom tells you to come in for dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Um, I have been, well, Martin and I have both been on your show a little bit, but uh, why don't you give our listeners kind of the, the Reader's Digest version of, of Dustin and what you're doing and, and what brings you to this point? So it's funny because initially when you had said um, in that email, give us the Reader's Digest, um, I thought I immediately knew what that meant because I remember the Reader's Digest. That was like classic bathroom reading back in the day, you know. Um, and so it's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I don't I don't know, man, because, you know, being in the military, we're so used to doing bios. Is this a bio for a board? Is it a bio for an uh, award? You know, what type of biography is it? Then I was like, I don't think it's really a bio. Um so I guess my best answer for that, ma'am, is I'm getting older, you know, and I, I, for some reason, started to try to learn from my mistakes years ago um, and not suffer the same pains twice if possible. And I started working with some buddies here with different clothing brands and things. Most of them were kind of bodybuilders, but we were very like minded uh, as far as, you know, I was the lone crossfitter of the group because that's the main thing I like to do. And they had their niches, big dudes flexing and clothing brands and, you know, like, yeah, iron. And I was kind of the older dude, this and that. And I would just kind of float like tidbits of kind of like wisdom out there. I would really reflect whatever I was feeling inside. I would find a meme, Jim Rome, you know, Jordan, um, lots of ton people out there with that stuff. And just something I was kind of thinking about or maybe struggling I would find a meme or quote that reflected that and I'd share it and tag those guys and they would. And my buddy Q from Dark Elements actually is the one that started the hashtag Caps Wisdom, which I was very insecure about at first. This was a couple years ago because I was like, who am I to be smart or wisdom or suggesting anything to anybody, you know? Um, but it kind of kept going. And then, he, you know, we talked about it and he's like, why don't you start making kind of your own ones with your own pictures and this and that? And I started to embrace it more and was like, uh, and I was getting good feedback. I would get positive feedback from people because um, that's one thing I, that I wrote down from your agenda that I'll get into later is, you know, we have a bigger impact on people than we realize. It's very easy for us to be insecure, self-secure, low self-worth, not think that we have any impact on this earth. But then you talk to people from time to time and they're like, man, just like the thing you said earlier about the garage. Hey, man, you really inspired me this week in the garage with the snowstorm. It's like, I don't know. I'm doing that. You know, and you hear that. And then down the road, someone would say, like, how much impact you really did have? And you're like, you're like, dude, I had no idea, man. You know, like I thought I was just an idiot doing my thing, you know, and so for you to tell me how much that impacted you, it means a lot, man. It's humbling, you know, and, and it's kind of like it's heavy when somebody tells you the impact that you have on them. Um, and so I, I just if I can keep you from stepping in the same pile of shit that I stepped in before, or if I can help you clean the shit off your shoe after you step in it, you know, um, then I think that's really at the end of the day the goal of that. I just made those analogies up, but, um, I think that makes That's sense. That, that I'm writing that down. I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make a meme. Yeah. But I mean, that's really the goal, man, is to better myself, learn from everybody and then teach what I can. It's a curator of knowledge position. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's taking what you've, what you've, picked up over how many years and just kind of putting it out there when people, when you think people need it. Yeah. And it's kind of funny too. Like I just realized 
a few weeks ago or so, the whole like wisdom thing and knowing a lot, it's like, man, I've, I've failed and stumbled a lot to gain all this wisdom. So it's almost like the opposite of what you would see from the outside. Oh, so smart. The wisdom is like, no, I just screwed up a lot and I paid attention. Well, it's funny because anybody that is in any sort of position like that understands that you don't get to that position without those stumbles and without those screw ups. And it's, it, it is odd coming from the other side, you know, when, when you were 20, 21, 25, and you were looking to the people that, that had the wisdom in your eyes and you never thought of it like that. You didn't think of it as like, look at all the adversity this person has gone through. Look at all the shit they've stepped in. Look at all the mistakes that they have made to get to where they are. You were like, oh, this person is awesome. They're great at this and they're great at that. And they know all of this stuff. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. I, and that's, that's why I try to, I try to put it out there all the time as, as you know, we all do is like, man, this, this, this comes from pain. Like this comes from hurt and it comes from, from, and I hate the word grind, but it comes from grind and not, we're not talking grind, like getting up and working at five in the morning. We're talking (laughs) grind, like grinding your fucking head on the wall. That's where that comes from. And being secure enough, man. So many people like with the whole instant gratification, we're kind of past that and evolved from that to never making mistakes and all the money and all the this and that and only showing the solid stuff on IG and everything's perfect. It's like people are so insecure to show the failures or when they look fat, like, dude, my, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, then the camera and I'm like, dude, my face looks fat as shit. This is terrible. But that's real life. You know what I mean? That's how it is right now. Um, and the failings and they say, yes, dude, I screwed up. I tried, but I, I was brave enough to even try this and then I failed. So I learned one way not to do it and I'm going to try again, you know, like falling in like Gary Vee and all the other ones, like falling in love with failure. The more you fail, the more you're going to learn, you know, and you can't be successful without failing first, you know, nine out of 10 small businesses fail, uh, you know, a good old rich dad, poor dad. I don't know if you guys have read that book. Yeah. We've talked about That's it. Good one. That's a classic from back in the day. He's like, well, then guess what? You need to try to try 10 times to start a business and you'll get there. Um, you know, being, I think maybe that's kind of some insecurities, being afraid to even try and fail and then failing. But people don't understand that, like, you know, the people that are really looking um, with an unbiased opinion that see that is like, you know, you shouldn't be upset with yourself failing, dude. You had the stones to step up and try. Yeah. Most people won't even try. You didn't lose. You're, you learned, you know, like the whole win column, learn column. Like you just learned, man. Good on you for freaking trying. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking we've of, talked to, we'll go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, because I know you're just starting a uh, knife company. How's that going? Good. Actually, I just, that was one thing that I was doing um, right before I jumped on. Another group I work with, Shady, they're going to do a blade. And then I'm working with the Forge here that we actually had as a vendor in our last uh, hell of a lift lifting event. Uh, I ran into some troubles on my own trying to get the caps OG blade designed. Um, Cause I'm basing the blade off of kind of um, a K bar look. And then the handle I'm using 1911 pistol grips as the scales, which looks dope, man. It looks really good. So I did the blade and then I got the, the grips, but I'm going to need a guard in there somewhere. You know what I mean? To yeah. stop your hand from going straight up. So I kind of ran into a block there because at this point, I don't know what I don't know. Um, but I talked to them at, at um, Strout or Strope. I've been saying Strope, but that's wrong. Strout. Yeah, I'm not sure. That leather, yeah. The leather thing that you sharpen on. Yeah. Strout, I guess. 
but they're legit forge to make gorgeous blades. I actually have one here, um, but they're going to welcome me into their forge and help me figure out how to finish the Caps OG blade. And then I'll do a run of probably about 10 of them. Oh, so that's a uh, Caps OG blades. Is that what it? So called? it's, it's Caps Forge is the name oh, of that. Forge, uh, okay. Yeah. But the first blade I'm going to do is going to be the Caps OG blade. Awesome. What, uh, what are some lessons you picked up in that whole, I mean, this is all brand new to you, right? Like you haven't done this before. Right. So what are, what's some things that you've kind of picked up in, in this new evolution of your next learning experience, I guess. I think, um, going along the theme of not being afraid to fail, of not being afraid to try different things, um, and knowing that they're going to turn out, but ugly, <laughs> you know, um, I, so just a disclaimer with that, I'm not forging the billets or forging the blades to make them. I'm doing what's called, um, stock removal. So I start with the billets of 1090 high carbon steel is what I'm using. And then I just grind them down to make the billets and then heat treat it, you know, um, but I think you get the billets, everything costs money, you know? And so you get this billet. It's like, oh man, 1090 high carbon steel. It's so cool. And then you're looking at the bench grinder or the belt grinder and you're like, you, you can be afraid or hesitant to start grinding hogging off metal because you don't want it to not come out good, you know? Yeah. But being okay, it's like, hey dude, let's try it. Let's just see how this looks. Let's get a feel for it. Let's know that this one's going to come out but ugly, like something you wouldn't even take to prom your freshman year and being okay with it. So when you get those billets, are those already pre-shaped or are they kind of just like a rectangle that you have to even shape? So it's a rectangle that, uh, that you shape down. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Oh, and you take it to a bench grinder and then. I mostly use, I've got a one inch by 30, um, belt grinder that I use. Oh, okay. Is the best thing that I like for hogging the. That's a term we use. It's called hogging metal. That's a term I picked up. <laughs> uh, I do also have a, a bench grinder with the stones, but the belt grinder takes it off way easier. Now, are oh. you? Is that like a? Is that a freehand thing, or are you using um, angle? You know, alignment stuff or. It's freehand. Nice. Um, I the only blade that I have here that was out because I've got stuff in like boxes in four different states, man, um, and hundreds of knives just in different places. And I'm very much the type where I like to have a physical one that I can look at, I can trace, look, you know what I mean? Yeah. Smell, taste, all that stuff. The only thing I had out uh, available actually was um, an AK-47 bayonet. So the first <laughs> one that I did was a trace of that blade. Yeah. Um, so I traced that on there and then, but after that, just, just, uh, um, freehand. Oh, nice. I got done with the, uh, I got done with the Jack Carr books and, you know, he talks about the, ah, God, I, I'll have to link it after this is over, but the hammers, right. The hammers and the Jack Carr books, like, dude, those things are just, they're, they're awesome. And the way that he, the way that uh, James Reese uses them in the book, you're just like, I, I, I should have one of those, right? Like I should, I should have one at my fucking house. So like I'm out and I'm, I'm looking at hammers and I finally found this, like, e it's like an East wing, right? You know, East wing, the, the really good claw hammers for, but it's an East wing double headed, um, hatchet. So it's got 
a really nice hatchet head on each side. It's It's got good balance. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, all right, now what am I going to do here? And so I take and I take the uh, like a like a chalk pen and I like made the back into like a basically the point, right? Like the the temple point. And I made the back into the temple point. And I'm out on my uh, literally just like my fucking garage tools and I'm and I'm grinding and then I'm like, all right, all right. Now this 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 is good like this. What else do I want? Well, I want to I want a hook on the bottom of the hatchet side, yeah. right? Like you got to have that sharp hook in case I got to fucking grab onto something, <laughs> you know? Ah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. hindsight, the bat thing turned out pretty fucking sweet and I use it to split pelvises after deer hunting. So those Jack Parr books are freaking awesome. Dude, I can't wait for the next one. And then the series too, you know, Chris Pratt is playing race in a series. Chris Pratt, after reading the books, contacted Jack Carr and bought the rights. That's awesome. He's those are those are really good books. That's yeah, uh, that's an awesome one. That's an awesome story to get into. Um with with failing right because he wrote those books and he went to i think uh i think brad thor was was who he went to and he went to brad thor and he's like hey like like please just just read this this is just the first book and he went and brad thor you know god knows how long it took him to read it but he read it and then he went back to him and he's like you you got something rewrite it seven more times and then and then bring it back Like, can you imagine I spent all this time writing this fucking 400 page book? And then the guy goes, all right, on try seven, we're, we'll, we're going to take it a little yeah. bit further. And that's what a lot of people that would dissuade a lot of people from continuing. They would accept defeat right there. Yeah. Most people. That's why most people don't succeed. As to where others is like, OK, that's better than having to do it eight times. Yeah. At least I don't have to do it seven more times instead of 14 or 21 or 28. That's the type of perspective that, and it takes practice though. I don't mean to rabbit hole this, but that's just kind of what it made me think that's of. That's what we do. Is, is, is all about the perspective, man. And it takes effort to change perspective. It doesn't change on a dime or a coin flip. It's like anything else. You want to get a big chest and do bench press and pushups. If you want to get strong, you lift weights. If you want to become resilient, you practice mental resiliency through things. Yeah. It's not easy. That's why it's fucking called resilience, you know? Yeah. And just yeah. about the mindset of saying, okay, seven's better than eight. You know, I can do seven times and then doing it. Uh, just simple things like that. People are too dissuaded. Even if they see a door, they won't even walk up to it to see if it's locked, let alone try to figure out how to get through it. Yeah. Well, Which is just like, go ahead. Same thing in the service, right? It's uh, for yeah. sharpshooters. uh you know, special forces. It's like, I think everybody expects that you're just going to be frozen for 10 years. And when you get out of that state, you come out and you're still this sharpshooter, you know, dropping stuff at a thousand out. And it's not that way. I mean, you're putting a thousand rounds at a time in to, to keep it right. Keep those, uh, keep that muscle memory. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It's like you said, it's repetition, no matter what skill level you're at. Yeah, I think, and under that, that's another one that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Is you know you can't become the master without first being the fool. Yeah, that so many people think a fool is like an idiot. No, it's just you. You got to be a beginner before you can become a master. Every master started as a student somewhere. Everybody was a white belt. Every black belt started as a white belt that got his ass whipped. But people yeah. just want to go straight to the top and they don't want the pain, the grind, the headbanging of getting there. And it's like you 
again, I guess it's the insecurities and afraid of looking dumb or the failure or whatever. I think it's the ego, right? Yeah. It, it, it's the ego that you do not have control of. And, and when the ego is sitting there and it's telling you, all right, you need to, you need to look like you said, look cool, or you need to pretend, you know what you're doing here. But if you go into a situation, especially like, let's say you get a half an hour with a master craftsman and you go in and it takes him, you know, 20 minutes to figure out what you don't know, because you went in there pretending like you knew more than you did, then you've wasted, you know, 30% of your or 60% of your time versus going yeah. in there and just being like, all right, I know nothing. Thing, I need you to start with start at zero. You're going to get so much more out of that. But yeah. it takes it takes a lot of control of the ego before you can do that. Yeah. But once you do that, it's so liberating now to where because back when we were younger, we very much care what people think for some reason, even though they have no um, input in paying their bills, they have no sway in everything like that. It's like, why do we even care what people think? Because they're not helping me do anything. They're not lifting the weights for me. They're not cooking my clean meals. They're not going to sleep on time for me. They're not working. They're not taking care of my kids. Why do I give a shit what anybody thinks when you realize that and you're doing things for yourself? It's so liberating. It's just like, it's, it's a level of freedom. That's amazing. When you don't give a shit what people think anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, enlightening in so many different ways like you know the the Miyamoto Musashi quote once you see the way once you see the way in one thing you see the way in all things and once you're able to control the ego in new learning experiences like learning to make knives or you know learning to upload podcasts or whatever like if you're able to start at that zero level and you control the ego at that zero level then that all of a sudden manifests itself in every single pursuit after that because you have learned to be the fool yeah you've embraced it and this is something martin i know you've heard all the time especially with your background and i'm trying to teach my boys now and when you start with that perspective you understand that I need to master the basics yeah. first. So many soldiers, and I'm sure, you know, Nate, well, I've met the Navy guys and the Marines. They all want to be operators and cool guys yeah. and SEALs and Green Beret. All that. They think that they're doing this awesome, crazy stuff that they just want to learn. It's like they're not, bro. They have mastered the basics. Yeah. Through, like you mentioned, through thousands of reps, through blisters and calluses on every finger, through going dumb doing the same thing and being zoned out and doing it that muscle memory knowing how to do it they have become such a complete master of the basics they've written two plus two equals four so many times it's ridiculous that most people again aren't willing to do that's what makes them better yeah and so efficient is mastering the basics it's oh, hilarious exactly because right. that's the that's the entire podcast that's releasing tomorrow that we recorded last week yeah. the entire oh, podcast really? is on the basics yeah 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 yeah. And because we get in such a hurry, I guess it's the younger mentality and, you know, whatever purpose it's for, it can be well intended that I want to be better so I can help more people or whatever the intention of it is wanting to get to become the master quickly. It's like you can't, man. You got to master the basics first. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It's uh, I think a lot of people from the outside see the highlights and the highlights are, are five percent. Man, you're deployed, but when you come back from deployment, you're training your ass off. And it's yeah. it's a grind and it's a long, long process that you seems like it seems like groundhog's day. It is probably best and, way. But in yeah. it is. They see the highlights or the montage. Yeah, and it looks cool, but guess what? You know, 95% of it is 
is not pretty. It's not very cool at all, and it sucks. It's not. It's the pain in the ass, and it is Groundhog Day. But again, you get so used to it that you're not thinking about the motions anymore. You know, you've got that muscle memory. Every train up we do, like the last one I was a part of last year, was the one for Africa we did in a team small team 12 12 man team but we started like we had the whole training plan developed you know however many months out but we started here with hey this range is qualification this is on each individual we're qualifying with the m4 and the nine mil and then the next one is buddy team live fire and then it's fire team live fire then it's squad maneuver then it's this and it continues to progress but it whole thing started if you weren't qualified on your own weapon system first You can't move with the team because you're not qualified. Doesn't matter if you disqualify it. You know, I think it's twice annually, you know, once every six months or so, something like that. But it's like, hey, qual first, then buddy team, then four people, then squad, then company, then the big thing, then all the other cool stuff. But all starts with that first qualification. And that, that comparison muscle is, is damaging that compare that self comparison, that one verse, one verse 50 or one verse a hundred that we now see, because if I'm in a room, if I'm in a room with a hundred people, it's pretty fucking likely that I can find one person that's better looking than me. One person that's stronger than me. One person that's smarter than me. One person that's faster than me. One person that's got more money than me. One person's got a bigger dick than me, whatever. But those are all separate people. And I'm comparing myself to all of them as one person. So if I'm using that, if I'm exercising that comparison, comparison muscle. I'm like, Oh, there, there's somebody out there that has all this better than me. Yeah. But you're not looking at each individual person. You're not looking at you versus you yesterday. You're looking at you versus a fucking thousand people. And you're always going to be able to find somebody bigger, faster, stronger. Always. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, during that analogy, that's a great one. Finding somebody who's smarter, stronger, all those things, instead of comparing, what if I were to find that person that's uh, more financially successful than me, instead of comparing, what if I came up to you and I realized that was Paul, like, hey, dude, how'd you make the money that you're doing? How did you, I'm trying to do passive and learn from them instead of compare. You figure out Martin's the dude that's stronger than me. Hey, bro, my deadlift is weaker. How did you get, how did you fix that? Finding these people that are better than you to not compare, but to learn from. Yeah, I look. And it's just in a different perspective, you I know. That. I think it was Frank Shamrock. I think Frank Shamrock has the um, what is it? The the ahead, at, and below. He finds someone when he's going to train or when he's going to learn something. Yeah. Somebody that's way ahead of him, and he learns from them. He finds somebody that's at his level, and he practices with them and 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 moves forward with them. And then he finds somebody that's under him, and he brings them up. Because if you're if you want to learn something, the best fucking way is to try to have to teach somebody. Yeah. So I love that. And I love, yeah, no, that's, that's genius too. I love that. Um, and that's the right, man. And that was the fun thing about teaching and instructing that I liked about that aspect is, um, cause you can't cookie cutter teach people learn different ways. So to really get that across, that's, it's fun when somebody's not understanding it, when they're trying to understand something that I'm trying to get across, but they're not getting it. I like that. I embrace to be like, okay, cool. It's a challenge. Let's figure it out. Then it's like, so what are you into? Because I always like to try to find analogies and comparisons. Okay, if you're in that. So what we're talking about here, this is similar to when you're skinning a deer, right? You know how you do this first. Well, that's the same as this. Oh, okay. And like, you know how you do this? Yeah, that's well, that's what we're talking about here. Okay. You know how you made that? You made your own tool to split the hip? Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about here. Oh, and then all of a sudden they get it. 
you know, and that's just, that's fulfilling as an instructor teacher as well for me. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to, to bring people with, to bring people along and bring people up to a, to another level. Like it's, it's, it's rewarding as fuck. And then when you learn something too, from somebody, that person that's better than you and you learn something from them, then it's like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like now I have that, you know, in my, in my tool bag, my kit bag, whatever, my repertoire. And it's, it's fun being excited to learn new things. Like that's something I never thought when I was younger, I'd be excited to be learning things. So you got, you got the caps wisdom, you've got the forge, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You got the live shows, you got the MCs. What, uh, what are you most excited about right now? Like, what's your, what, what is like, what are you wake up in the morning? You're like, God, I can't wait to do this. So, uh, as you guys know too, and I don't want to try to get ahead. I don't know how structured we are at all. (laughs) Uh, Hold on loosely. Um, I'm retiring from the army this year. So I've got uh, about 11 months left till I'm like done kaput chuck and deuces, uh, start my retirement process now. Um, I was fortunate enough to find a business partner, very like-minded. She's very smart on the administration and business side. Uh, I, I taught the advanced situational awareness stuff, the predictive profiling that we've talked about. Um, we're actually starting a, a company to teach our own curriculum of that and some other things. It's called the Caps Group, TCG. Um, we've got the LLC for it already. We've got the webpage for it. Um, we're getting the EIN, things like that, so we can start getting the merch and whatnot. But um, we, I think we have our first potential client uh, contract lined up to start teaching those classes. So <clears throat> that's um, that's literally would be like my dream job. That's awesome. What, what does that process look like to kind of put that that program together? The curriculum yeah. itself, you mean? So it's um, almost backwards planning type deal. It depends on um, who the client is and the audience that we're catering to. So um, she's a social worker by trade and I taught them a few classes because I talked about it a lot in my stuff. And I'll be a student of you know, um, predictive profiling the rest of my life. I love that stuff. The kinesics, nonverbal communication, all of that stuff is just fascinating. And, um, so I talked about a lot and she was like, Hey, we could use a lot of those skills as social workers. Cause a lot of us go out to lower income places, sketchy neighborhoods by ourselves. We don't have the people for it. Can you put something together for us? Absolutely. Yes. So uh, I put one together for them for the department heads. It went fantastic. They got it to uh, for their employees because it went so well. So first, I always look at the audience that I'm going to be teaching and then design specific things, kind of plug and play what really is going to benefit you the most. And you've got to be a master of the basics before you can plug and play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the great thing about this, when I, I first came across it, I was at Fort Benning, so almost 10 years ago now, I stumbled in this. I was supposed to go to combatives level two, which is going to be cool. Go roll the map, bro. And they didn't have enough people around that class. I was like, oh, crap. But that dude was like, hey, do you want to go to ASAT? What it was at the time. I was like, I don't know what that is. But yeah, of course, I'll do any school I can. Sat down, and within the first 10 minutes of class, I was like, this shit's awesome. The stuff they're talking about, because everything makes sense, typically. Like, it's again, it's nothing different. It's just putting the how and the why and the science behind things. 
And you're like, I've always done that anyway. Now I know why. And then it's like, that makes perfect sense. And that's why they do that. And this and this. So I just totally fascinated from the, the minute I got into it. And the perfect thing about that for me is you can teach it, but you also remain a student. You're never, it's not like history or math or anything like that, where you're going to know everything about it. It's always evolving. It's always changing. There's always different perspectives because it's dealing with human behavior and humans are freaking weird. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Second that one. So, yeah. And it's great getting different, being a, the instructor, teacher of it. I not only get to share that stuff, which usually is very well accepted to people. I get to learn every day, too. Yeah. I'm going to learn just as much from that class as I am teaching. Is there like some is there some some bullet points, some high spot bullet points that you can throw out there with with that, with reading, reading the situation, reading the people, stuff like that to give some context to our audience? Um, yeah, actually, context right there. Context and relevance um, is one of the sub bullet points, um, but making sure things fit. But a general one um, with the nonverbal communication once you know how to actually read what people are saying, it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of funny uh, because we only communicate about 30% with our words. And we're full of shit most of the time. So if you only listen to somebody's words, you're only getting about 30% of what they're saying. But if you are in tune with their body language and know how and what to read, you're going to get the full story. Uh, and sometimes you're not going to like what you're seeing. Because you get what people are really saying to you and you're like, motherfucker, what'd you say to me? You know, they didn't they didn't say with the words, but they're projecting it, you know, uh, but also times of just when it's great for sales. If you are trying to pitch somebody and you see that you're maybe losing a client or you're they're not doing good or they're starting to shift away from you. Like, OK, let me change tax or let me shut up sometimes or this or that. If you're hitting on somebody, you can tell if they're attracted to you or not. If you're somewhere and somebody's becoming aggressive towards you. Um, so just being in tune and knowing how to read people in your environment is going to help you in, in every aspect of life. Really? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I mean, it, and I totally get what you mean about like when you can kind of read more than what's going on, it could definitely be a, a gift and a curse, right? It is, man. When I finished the, um, the advanced level course, which is, uh, more of just kind of deep diving into a lot of teach backs of it, kind of preparing you to be an instructor, which is cool. Um, we just finished that. So I was hot to trot on the stuff, right? I was all about it. And we had to do a work detail, um, at the library next door and was helping this older civilian woman clear out desks and this and that. And I forget what it was, but I'm very much like, I want to be very nice to you. I'm going to treat you with respect, you know, until you don't tell me to treat you that way anymore how, you know what I mean? And then it'd be like, okay, I'm going to, cause we tell each other how to treat us by the way we walk, we talk, we act, what we say, we're telling people how to treat us. And this lady, I forget exactly what it was, but something. And she basically like, oh, did one of those. I was like, bitch, what'd you say? <laughs> like, and I, you know, I was, I'm a sergeant and like, I'm here to help you. I'm on a work detail, but like, bitch, I'm not a private. I'm not a dog. I'm a human being. And I'm here. Yeah. My boss told me to be here, but I'm here to help you. I don't, ha you're not my freaking master that I have to slit. Like, you know, and then it's kind of like, and when people do that now, I'd love to put people in check subtly and, and they don't realize it. If they do something like that and be like, you really have, um, a good response from people when you talk to them that way, 
what do you mean? Because you basically just implied that I'm an idiot with how you said that. Does that usually get a good response from people? Well, I didn't mean to. Uh, you may not have meant it, but that's what you did. Do you want to try again? Uh, yes, sir. Can you just, <laughs> you know, then it's a whole different story when you can call them on it articulately and you're not a dick. Yeah. It's it's so interesting, too, because everybody comes from a zero, different zero baseline, right? And everybody has had a different hours of their morning leading up to when you interact with them. And sometimes something like that, you know, you can even, you can knock off a rough edge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, hey, not necessarily you're going to say it, but like, Hey, I, how's your, how's your day going? You know? Oh, I had the worst morning. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah I could see that we had some, you know, we, we had this, this issue here that we could cut with a fucking knife and now we've cut it. And all of a sudden they're going to be You're going to be their best friend. Yes. Disarming or deescalate disarming when you can sense that when somebody's stressed. Yeah, man, you bring up a really good point of just simply saying, Paul, how you doing, man? Like not in that smart ass way, but like you doing all right. And then that's just, that's all they needed because you're showing, you're being a human to another human for a split second. Takes no effort. You know what I mean? And then it's just like when you go into a convenience store, um, you know, and be like, Hey, uh, call the cashier by their name. Next time you go in, cause they're always wearing name tags, a piece of gum, a Coke, a bang gas, whatever. They go, all right, Hey, thanks Phil. Have a good night, man. Yeah. What? Are you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Waiters and waitresses too. Right. Yeah. When you call somebody by their name, like I'm sure you guys have heard that years ago, but I started doing that. Um, just that little human connection means so much to people. Yeah. So, um, you're like us, right? You're always learning. You're always, you're always picking up new info. You're always growing. Uh, what is your knowledge consumption look like? What's your preferred ways? A lot of it. I do a lot of audiobooks. Um, one, because it's easy. I drive to Alabama a lot. I'm stationed at Fort Bragg, and my kids are in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where I'll retire to. So it's about nine hours each way. And pretty much every federal holiday, I'll do that every four-day weekend. Um, so lots of audiobooks. Uh, I love to read, but just with having a lot of things going on, and usually by the time that I get to having the chance to read, my eyes can do about two pages of the reading before I'm just like, Oh man, I can't, you know, like let me just look at the stupid box for a little bit. Look at the colors and sounds moving. Yeah. Um, but I love the audiobooks. Um, I'm not actually <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but I'm not a huge fan of podcasts, That's even fun. though I'm on one right you now and I do that. my own stuff. Um, I get it. I definitely get it. I have to be in the mood for them. Um, but uh, I actually just registered for a Dr. Jordan Peterson. We know Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Um, uh, his uh, workshop basically mm-hmm. is what it is. Have you seen that on Which, IG? Is it, is it the writing one? Um, it's uh, <laughs> trying to figure my shit. I had to try to have my stuff together here. He's got I, so he's got a ton of different of these kind of workshop type classes that he's put together. And a lot of them are like, you know, 50 hours worth of education that he's kind of crammed into like a, a one educational, like, I guess you would call it a seminar, but, um, he's got so many different ones that, uh, I'm not sure, you know, some of them are religion. Some of them are scholars. Some of them, his newest thing that he's really on. If, if anybody listened to the four hour, um, him and Rogan most recent one is, uh, helping, helping, 
people write better because if you can write better, it means you can think better. And if you can think better and write better, you're more able to um, get your points across to the type of people that you are trying to get your point across to. And it helps you become successful in everything. You're you're becoming better at communication. Yeah, it's it's it, exactly what it is. Yeah. And I, so honestly, I haven't gotten to that. I just uh, signed up for it, but this one's got like five lectures and then it's like lifelong access to his extensive library, all of that stuff. But I do him, Joe Navarro. Are you guys familiar with Joe Navarro? Uh, sounds familiar. Where's he from? So he is the, um, kind of the, um, situational awareness guru. Okay. The body language guy. Gotcha. Um, and this was one of your questions too. Like, what do you like to reread every couple of years? Things like that. Is Joe Navarro's got a book. It's called What Everybody Is Saying. Okay. Fantastic book, man. He's a former FBI profiler. He's taught like the high echelon poker oh, players, body language, CEOs. Uh, on one of my shows, actually, we talked about old Marcus Torgensen. Um, one of the shows I had him on, Marcus and I went over Joe Navarro's um, Ten Commandments for being a competent observer of your environment. Um, he's got is that, things, is that in that book? It is. Okay. Um, I've got books all over the place, dude. I don't think I have that one. Oh, no, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes because I'm, I'm going to add it to my list, too. Perfect. This was one of my oh, favorites. It's it's a great one to start off with because um, there's a lot of I get very weary now. Like I've been I love Barnes and Noble, right? That's one of my favorite places to take my kids and everything. Um, so I love looking at the section of that type of stuff, the body language, the profiling, this and that, and then things online. But you have to be very careful, man. Very weary because a lot of them are are janky. I guess they're just kind of like. The same, saying the same stuff over and over in the same way to where as soon as you get any, any baseline knowledge in it, you're just like, dude, I get it. But you're saying it over and over and over and over and over. Those are great, man. I've got some other ones I'll grab in a second before we um, chime off, but just kind of look into what you're getting before you just buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Joan of is a great starting point. And then to kind of go along on that other point, what do I like to restudy every couple of years? I always feel silly when I say this, but every few years, have you seen the TV show Lie to Me? I have not. Have we ever talked about this? So uh, it's on Hulu. I believe there's three seasons and I will watch that every couple of years to literally study and brush up on things. And even to put, Hey, I'll take notes during that. It's great. to it's fun to watch plus 85 to 90% of the stuff that he's using is real and legitimate. Okay. Um, he's a deception expert and uh, he tells you um, what he's doing as he's doing it. So is this fiction or nonfiction? It's it's fiction. It's based off of real stuff, but it's a fictional show. Okay. You know, Sam, Sam Roth, I think is his name. Doesn't sound familiar, but he was in uh, you'll recognize me plays the part perfect. He's such a prick, um, but it's great. And uh, have you. OK, so just the, the pilot episode, the opening scene in the pilot episode. I'll tell people to YouTube this. Um, have you heard of micro expressions? Yeah. OK, so micro expressions. That's kind of an advanced thing once you get into it. You know, like we wouldn't talk about that in a beginning level um, nonverbal communication class. But it's a cool thing. And uh, the the. Uh, our secret service, our experts in micro expressions. And it's exactly what it says. It's like a split second reaction on your face somewhere like, 
like that's obviously like way over dramatic, but it's going to be like a split second. You're going to see those. And that's the, the, you know, obviously Matt will show a lot of clips of like the, the show all of our age here. Remember the OJ trial? Old Cato Kalen, when he was on the stand, they, somebody doesn't like the questions are being answered. They're going to do that. They're doing that to, to show their teeth just like a dog is going to do that same thing. That's legit what it is. Uh, and then they try to cover it back up. Um, you see that or like the, the pulsating vein right here or smile or twitch. Those are micro expressions. And the opening scene, man, it's so great. He's in an interrogation room with this white supremacist dude. You know, the bald guy, tattoos all over the place. And he's trying to figure out where the next bomb is going to be. Right. And the dude's lawyer's in there and he's like, my client's not going to answer any of your questions. And old, old homeboy's like, that's all right. He doesn't need to answer anything. I'm just going to ask him questions. He's going to tell me everything I need to know. And he does. He's like, is the next bomb on like, is that 34th and Jefferson? And he's watching the dude, you know, and he's like, no, it's not there, you know, because that's in a black neighborhood. That's a black church. You're not after black people, are you? Is it on, you know, 38th and Vine? No, and then he's watching all these things. He's watching the indicators here, the, the pulse line here, you know, the, all those different things. And the dude never says a word, but within three or four of the profiling, specific profiling questions, he gets the response that he was looking for through micro expression. And that's the intended um, demographic they want to target. And he tells the FBI right there on the other side of the room, he's like, that's where the next bomb is, you know, like on blah, 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 88th and Blair, you know, that's where it's at. And sure enough, it was. And But through asking those specific questions, watching the micro expressions, he could see it clear as day. And he's telling you what he's doing. And then it shows snapshots of the different um, micro expressions, which is really cool. Dude, now that you explain that, I swear to God, I've seen that. So I may I may have actually watched some episodes of that. It's old. Is it old? It is older. Okay, yeah, I probably have watched a few episodes of it then. Yeah, his name in the show is Kyle Lightman, Doctor Lightman. He's got the Lightman Group, the Caps Group. May like yeah. the show a little bit, oh. um, but it's great, man, because it's he's telling you what he's doing, and they're most of the stuff is legit things. Huh? And that's on Hulu. Yes. Okay. Not on Netflix or anything. Huh? I'm pretty sure it's Hulu. We got Hulu for like the hand job tale or something. I don't even know what it was. It was awful. <laughs> and we we canceled Hulu like immediately. We're like, this show sucks. Like hand, hand job tale. I don't know. I something you your autobiography or what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Ca- calluses though, right? Yeah. yeah, no good. Looks like a looks like a well used cat tree. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Well, we're, we're coming up on 45 minutes and I got di- lunch with the family. Um, I'm going to go just look at these questions. Uh, anything that we missed, you know, I guess we missed a bunch cause we went so, down so many rabbit holes, but what do you think your biggest and failure in life has been? And what did you learn from it? I was looking at my notes that I, I did too. Um, <clears throat> there's a few <laughs> too many to name really, but I think the biggest one, man, um, that I'm, regretful about is allowing my marriage to fail I think um, and yeah it took both of us but knowing what I did um, just letting my partner down you know um, through selfishness I think um, and just not trying enough maybe um, but another one is that I could 
explain on more is going to the military thing. Yeah, I had a really hard year. One year I had just taken over the sniper section as a Fort Riley. I'm very excited to take the sniper section. Very cool. And so I went to sniper school and failed. And we didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough time to go back to school before we deployed to Iraq for the second time. And so failing that, it was right at the end. Back when they were doing it then, Martin, I don't know if you, you probably been through that course or something similar, but the main three graded things was the target detection, range estimation, range E, and then the stock lanes. Stock lanes, yeah. And it was the last, it was the stock lanes um, that I failed. If I did you pass the stock lanes, you're like home free. After that, it's just yeah. playing with cool stuff. The urban high sites and shooting them, you know, 50 count, stuff like that. And I failed it, man. And um, I was supposed to be the guy in charge of these two sniper teams and to go back and stand in front of these guys and then to take them to Iraq was probably the hardest thing that I, I ever had to do because I felt like such a, a failure and piece of shit. And not worthy to stand in front of them and not worthy to tell them anything and having to, to still do that. Um, and then also to going through the separation, you know, you think you can't, you, you can't go through things and you just got to show up. I guess it's not going to be easy. Um, you may not know how to get through it, but just show up and go, you know, start moving your feet a little bit. And that's one of my hashtags is the one step, one rep at a time. A lot of times, man, my age I'm getting is just like one step, one rep. We're going to start moving. Keep moving. It doesn't have to be fast. They don't have to be big steps, but just start moving. You know, show up and move. It takes zero skill and effort to show up. Yeah, exactly. I still yeah, think I, I got I you in a few years, don't I? I think so. I just, I'm 41. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. He's got you but like a decade. Ah, man, we got to oh. hang out more, man. We got to hang out more. I like this. <laughs> oh, great. I'm the oldest no. guy on the block here. Thanks. But a couple more things, though. I know that we're um, trying to wrap up. Um, success to you. Uh, what does success to you mean? Um, I mean, there's obviously everybody's typically going to go to financial success first. But I think the way that the way that I look at it now and probably we're similar on this is um, having financial freedom. And you see a lot of these guys. I forget the dude's name. I meant to look him up. Dan so and so, I think he's uh, I know you guys have seen him on Instagram. He's always in these just blinging ass drip suits he's an older guy and he can be kind of harsh oh, sometimes a pina or something yeah. he's yeah. yeah you know he's i like him man because he's gonna give me the no bullshit stuff and he's like you know uh, show me your friends i'll show you your fucking future you know yeah. and things like that and he's like you can't change you can't make change without coin you can't make the way and it's sad but true you can't make any changes without money, without having the money to do it. So I think it, having the financial freedom now to be able to do those things is is the sense of financial success. And then being able to go on va- go on vacations when I want to, travel when I want to, getting stamps in the passport, experiencing life. You know, it's not all about the mansions and the yachts and the boats, but it's about experiencing life in the nice ways, man. But also having the the financial ability to try to implement and and make change because unfortunately it takes money to do that, you know? Um, but the main thing of success, and I think that we would all agree is making those around you better. 
that's success, making yourself better than those around you. I started a couple different times um, on the road to becoming a Freemason. I don't know if you guys have looked into that at all. I haven't, but I'm curious. So I, I haven't. I'm not claiming to be a Mason at all. Um, I've looked into it. I want to start doing that. Um, you know, I need some more things to do. I'm not doing enough. But one thing that I really like, man, about their perspective is make yourself better, make your family better, then make your friends better, then make your community better, then your state better, then your country better, then the world better. In that order. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're if you're screwed up, if you're not fixed, what good are you to anybody else? You know, get yourself, and it's kind of the same thing about get yourself qualified first, then buddy team live fire, then team live fire, then squad, fix yourself, fix your family, fix your friends, fix your town, fix your state, fix your country, then fix the world. All starts with you first. You know, a good one I heard the other day was how can you be a leader and tell people what to do if you can't clean your own fucking room? You can't clean your own house. Yeah. How can you tell other people what to do? You know, like that book we've talked about. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we both talked about it. Um, make your bed. Same yeah. thing. Wake up and make that's that's one of my favorite commandments. Yeah, co- same, commencement dude, it's, speeches. It's so easy and it's true because uh, people want to overthink it. Oh, that's stupid. That doesn't mean anything. Well, to you, maybe it doesn't. To me, yeah. I get up and I make my bed and I feel good because I'm accomplished. That's yeah. great. That's an so, order. I leave, I try to leave a trail. I say try because there are days where shit happens, but yeah, I try to course. leave a trail of tidiness and clean, you know, behind me as they go along. We try to do our best for that. Um, but, but those things, man, um, are some of the points I had on success. Do not, you will not hurt my feelings. If you tell me to shut up, I'm just trying to get some of these notes in here that I had taken. <laughs> It's a little things, right? Yeah, man. Uh, got to do the little things. Although Paul's got his wife trained to do all the little things. So. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> it's called delegation. And so, well, she's delegated. True. That's why your favorite show is the Handjob Tales. That's right. <laughs> right. Top three lessons from life, and then I'll shut up. Um, one of them is don't expect anything from anyone. No one's coming to help you. And that kind of, and that does, that's not wrong. Like, oh, don't expect shit from people. They're all bad. No, that's to say, like, don't, don't expect anything from anybody. Like they're not going to help you succeed. You have to succeed on your own first. You've got to lift the weights yourself. You've got to start to deal yourself. You have to go buy the clean food and make it yourself. You may have people help you along the way, which is great, man. If you're lucky enough to have a good support group of friends and like-minded people, that's fantastic. I'm very grateful and thankful for the ones that I have. But don't think that like, oh, man, as soon as I get a coach, that's when I'll get in shape. Or as soon as I get a, uh, you know, dietitian, that's when I'll eat good. No, do the basic research on your own. Start something on your own. Start with what you think that you know first and then learn as you're going. Don't expect people to make your shit better. You know what I mean? Um, That's what I like, too, about Jocko. I think he's got one of them. It's like no one is coming to save you. No one's coming to help you. Get the fuck up and do it yourself. Personal responsibility. Yeah. It's kind of our number. It's kind of our number one thing we yeah. preach around here in these joints. Um, this is a big one too that I I've started trying to implement again. Trying because uh, we're all humans, man. It's a work in progress. But a few years ago, is living in the now, enjoying life. 
we spend so much time like looking forward to things and looking down the road and being excited for this when it's happening that you you overlook the here and now what you're doing who you're with where you're at um and just live in the now live in the moment enjoy what you're doing where you're at who you're with and like we talked about be a good person you know be nice to people um not because you're weak but because you're fucking strong you're strong enough to be nice when you may not feel great but you're you're exuding that and you're sharing that around you you know like you don't know how much again impact you have on that on tim in the gas station when he went into buy a can of copenhagen and all of a sudden the dude stays great and then the impact that he has because you had the impact on him um and then this is one that I'm really liking lately that I've implemented for myself is just I think, Paul, you said it at the very beginning of the show that we all are is being a student of life. Being open, secure, humble enough to we can learn from everything, everyone all the time if you're open to it. And that's not to say like, oh, you should always have your notebook, this and that. No, but just be in tune again. That goes with living in the now. Be open to learning when you can. And like if you said like, Martin, you liked the um, analogy I used earlier, I think about the stepping in shit and cleaning shit off. Yeah. You know, you learn something. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to write that down. But, <laughs> but you being open to those things and be like, you know, I always take notes. I got my notebooks from the shows that we've done. I took some notes from this. Uh, from I, I love learning things when I wouldn't expect it. Start playing games with it, seeing what you can learn today, and then share it with someone, like your wife or your kids or whatever. Um, but it's fun, man. It just fucking life is short. You know, luckily we're not as old as Martin here, but um, <laughs> I'm as old as dirt, man. Dude's got a casket on layaway already. Genuine, genuine curiosity. Yeah, man. Genuine curiosity is an amazing yeah. thing. So. Awesome. Well, I think that is a wrap, dude. I am going to hang this up and then we will wait for it to upload. Thank you again, dude. I appreciate Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. Thank you for the invite, man. It's been a lot of fun. Hope I didn't talk too much.